So we're continuing our systematic exploration of the Acts of the Apostles, and we want to begin at the first verse of the sixth chapter where we read this. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing and the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food in those days. What days? Those days. So the period of time has probably passed, not probably, has passed since uh, the end of the fifth chapter. Um, but I guess I just want to draw your attention to the, <laughs> what just, it just jumps out. Uh, again, words are, you know I'm a wordy, I, I like words. Uh, first thing I see is the word disciple. Disciple. It's the first time it's used in the Acts of the Apostle. Uh, the first time it's used to describe those that are of this new movement. So it begs the question, what's a disciple? Who's a disciple? What's a disciple? Who's a disciple? Dictionary definition, just a dictionary definition. A student who adheres to and travels with a teacher and a pedagogical relationship. It's a fancy way of saying a disciple is one that identifies with and follows the teaching of the instruction of a teacher. Or as I like to put it, I like to simplify it even more. A disciple is as a, as a disciple does. A disciple is as a disciple does. In the biblical context, uh, a disciple is one that follows and adheres to the instruction of the religious leader. Here the leader is Jesus the Christ, and the disciples are more than the 12 that Jesus selected or the 12 apostles. Look at the text. The number of disciples was increasing. There weren't, there weren't like 12 went to 14, went to 16. Uh, the, the, the number of adherents to this new teaching was growing. So who are they? And for that matter, who are they? Who are they? And who are we? I like how Paul summed it up best when he wrote to the church at Galatia. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So it's just, just, just me, take notes, mental or otherwise. A disciple is one that watches, observes, listens, learns, embody, does the things of the one that is doing the discipling. Say it again. They watch, they observe, they listen, they, they learn, they embody, they do the things of the one that is doing the discipling. I know this is really profound. And you say, Pastor, why are you parking here? A disciple is as a disciple does. A disciple is as a disciple does. Or better, a disciple is uh, as a disciple lives. A disciple is as a disciple lives. Disciple the noun and disciple the verb, as I like to say, are two sides of the same coin. 
The noun and the verb, disciple, are two sides of the same coin. What are you saying? I'm saying we have to move past the, 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 the idea that being a Christian is simply a belief in the obvious. Being a Christian means more than just believing in the obvious, because as I like to remind you, it's in the text, it's in the Bible. Uh, uh, even the demons, even the demons believe in God. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just, I'm just saying what I'm saying. It's like, okay, well, I believe, I believe in God. Okay, well, you're the level of the demon. Okay, so let's, uh, as Deacon Angela shared, as the uh, team Deacon Doss, uh, uh, Angela and uh, Nate were out there cutting grass, the word Christian, these are her words, I'm quoting her, so you can take it up with her afterwards. The word Christian has been hijacked. The word Christian has been hijacked. See, we'll see later in the 11th chapter of the Acts of the Apostles, the formal connection between the nouns Christian and disciple. That's in the 11th chapter. We'll get there. We're not there today. Uh, just know that if, and that's a big if, it's a big if, we are Christian, we are disciples. I know. I know. If we are Christian, we are disciples. Not by name, but a life that is lived. I can, I can call myself whatever I want to call myself, but as I, like to, as I shared before, I can go through the line, I don't suggest it, but I can go through the line all day long at McDonald's and as, I can go there as many times as I want. I won't be a hamburger. I might look like a hamburger, but, but I won't be a hamburger. Calling yourself a Christian doesn't make it so. It, 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 I'm a Christian. Okay. Look, let's go back to verse 1. All right. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. The number of disciples, Christians, followers of the way, followers of Jesus Christ was, it was increasing. And their numbers had grown from, uh, what, uh, 11 to 120 to 3,000 to more than 5,000. Kept growing. Up until now, things have been pretty smooth. You know, we're just, we're, we're just growing. We're being persecuted. We're being tossed in jail. We're getting beat. Uh, but, but internally, things are fine. Uh, they had everything in common. They were one heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions were their own, but they shared everything that they had. I'm just recapping what we've already, the ground we've already uh, covered. Um, and you remember at the end of the fifth chapter, Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. See, this is an incredible uh, combination of, of life and witness. Life and witness. Uh, my confession is being lived out in a tangible way. The, 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 the preachers are preaching. The, the disciples are growing spiritually. 
the, the, the congregation is growing numerically. Everything's wonderful. No wonder people wanted to be a part of this. Man, alive, look at, look at how you guys roll. It's like there's, there's kind of like City Church, right? You know, there's a little, little bit of buzz going on here. And, and it's like, uh, I, I want to be a part of that. So, and you know, you know, I'm going to park here for a second. Um, City Church, this is our 12th anniversary now. It's our, our 12th anniversary. As we learn and share the gospel, others will see the impact on us. And they will naturally be drawn, not because of uh, some phenomenal uh, singing or some fancy slides or great marketing or some, it, it's like that's, that's, that's not it. People will see the transformation lived out in your life and they'll say, wow. Where do you, it was Sister Wright testified about it. It's, it's, like, it's like, okay, so where do you go? And it, it seems to be doing something about your life. I, give me what you got. I wanna, I, wanna, I wanna go there. So numerical growth will follow. But growth, but numerical growth also presents a challenge. I don't want to read anything into the text, but the text doesn't say that the food supply was running low. And it's like, okay, we're gonna have to distribute fewer cans of corn and, and, and what have you. They didn't say that. It says a certain part of the community was being overlooked. It's right there. So you do know, I've reminded us uh, again and again, that the thing that God railed against that was an identifiable part of your relationship with God was how you treated the least among the community. The widows and the orphans, those that couldn't fend for themselves, that didn't have a, a state job, uh, that didn't have a nice 401. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't have it all together. Uh, and so as God said to the prophets, you're willing to sell these people off uh, for your gain. So, uh, how we treat the least was then and is now a clear indication of our relationship with God. So throughout the Old Testament, God just again and again, he spoke about that. So we don't need to see that there's, uh, we don't see that there's a dispute that in fact the Hellenistic Jews were being shorted. It was an accurate assessment of what was happening. This, this, is, this isn't like conjecture or it's like, no. Hebraic, there was a complaint against the Hebraic Jews because their widows, the Hellenistic widows, were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So who are, the, who are these uh, Hellenistic um, Jews? Jews that had been scattered among the Gentiles. It spoke Greek, used the Septuagint, the Greek, uh, translation of the Old Testament, uh, maybe even adopted some of the Greek culture. Uh, these were Hellenistic Jews, but the Hebraic Jews were the ones that were kind of close to Jerusalem, in Judea, spoke Hebrew, um, and they were getting special treatment. Why? I don't know. The text doesn't say. It could be that the Hebraic Jews were in charge of food distribution, and they had a closer connection with their people. Well, I see people lined up, and it's like, well, let me slide the can of corn over to uh, my Hebraic brother or sister, or sister in this case, 
Uh, and well, the Hellenists, well, God will provide. You know, uh, you know um, I'll be praying for you. But there was inequity in the community. I like how one theologian put it. Human diversity will always bring with it opportunities for prejudicial division and injustice. As we grow, as we start to reflect the community at large more and more, the opportunity for division increases. Let me just say this, uh, and those of you who have gone through uh, City Church orientation, next one is March 10th, 9 o'clock, fireside room. Um, we are a mosaic. We are, we are, our desire is to reflect the community that we live in and to worship in, and that's who we are. And so we'll see in the 10th chapter where God deals with Peter when he deals with racial issues. Racial issues. Here, we're only, we're only dealing with cultural differences. We haven't even gotten to the hard stuff yet. This is easy stuff, so to speak. You're Jews. One is, is kind of Greek-oriented. One is kind of Hebrew-oriented. But we're Jews. So City Church, I pray. My, my hope, my prayer, hey, just, just hear me clear, because this is the 12th anniversary. I, I won't say I doubt I'll be here for the 24th, but you know, you never know. Uh, all I say is that I hope that as we grow, we will continue to, to be expansive in our view and our embrace of folks that weren't in the garage, that didn't experience the joy of setting up and tearing down every Sunday morning in the high school gymnasium. Oh, that was a lot of fun, wasn't it, Cliff? I mean, uh, that, that was a lot of fun, wasn't it? And, and so there, there could be, I'm not saying there is, but there could be a tendency, it's like, oh, you just came here last week. What's, what's, what's up with you? It's like, you should have been here back in the day. Yeah. See, differences need to be recognized and celebrated, not used as points of division. It's, look at their response. I, Look at the result. Well, I'm going to be here all day if, at this rate. You'll be here, right? No, it's our 12th anniversary, right? So the 12 gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and we'll give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. So picture this, you got 12 apostles, they gather all the disciples, that's you, they gather all the disciples and said, our priority is the logos, the word. We, 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 we have to deal with the word. Food distribution should be done by others. That's, that's, that's cutting across the grass, this, this is, that's basically what they're saying. Um, it's not diminishing the importance of the food. You got to eat. That's important. That's, that's very, particularly in this first century setting where there was no middle class. It's like either you, you were of the, the, the affluent or you were just getting by. You're like one banana peel from starvation. Uh, it's totally different. Um, it's an acknowledgement that they can't and shouldn't do everything. 
It's an acknowledgement that they can't and do everything. I really appreciate, I, I really, I do, I really appreciate everyone here at City Church, period, full stop. I appreciate all of you all. But I really appreciate the deacons, that God has provided us to do the things that they are charged to do. Um, it is the deacons that provide the, if, if you will, if I can make it, uh, 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 bring it to music, it's that baseline, that, that, that constant rhythm that keeps everybody on cue. Yeah. See, if you don't have that, that, Ricky, if you don't have the drum beat, Calvin, if you don't have that baseline, if you don't have, it's like, well, I might be off, but, but the deacons are that boom, 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 boom. See, the, the, just trying to help somebody, the issue, the way we are set up, the way the body of Christ has been set up, is that the pastor is not the first person you should pick up the phone and call if there's an issue of life. It's the deacons. They speak into your life. They are walking with us. I have a deacon. I have someone assigned to me that if I need, I need food. Someone passes away, who's, again, when my daughter passed, who was there? I drove 400 miles. Deacons. Deacons. They were there. They were, they, they were loving on, and, sir, and that's what, that's, I'm trying to paint a picture so we see how the body of Christ is lived out. It's not a pastor and a whole bunch of disciples. It's a, it's a pastor and a whole bunch of roles. The apostles aren't establishing, the, they're not establishing the office of the diaconate yet. Not yet, that'll come later. But they are charging the disciples to pick seven men that demonstrate a life reflective of a deacon, filled with, led by the Holy Spirit and wise, that can take on ministerial tasks. There was no office. They just, okay, you guys, look amongst yourselves. That would be an interesting challenge to do, too. Today, that, I mean, no, we're not going to do it today. But that would, if I, if I really thought this through, that would be something that I, like, I should have worked that into the message. You all, okay, here's pieces of paper. Pick seven deacons. You know amongst us, those, it's like, that person's walking with God. That, that, that person's walking with God. I, I, that, 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 that person, as I shared before, I share now. As, as someone commented about my wife, Sister Meeks, she, she was a preacher's wife before she was a preacher's wife. See, she, she didn't fall into an office and it's like, okay, well, I guess I'll be a preacher's wife now. It's like, no, I've demonstrated, I've lived a life filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's like, so it was, it was, it was natural. So it's like, I knew that was coming. I mean, you've, you've lived that your whole life up until that point. Um, see, it's not readily obvious in this translation, but the apostles use the same root word for service for what they do in verse four, serve the word, with what they are asking the seven to do in verse two, serve the tables. Say that again. 
What the apostles say that they're going to focus on is diaconate stuff with the word. They're saying, you seven deal with diaconate stuff waiting the tables. Uh, what, what's, what's my point? This is your homework again, Erica. Uh, you need to read uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And all the other Erica's here too, please. Uh, we are many members, but one body. We are many members, but one body. Don't get caught up in thinking that one aspect of ministry stands alone or above another. As Pastor, Pastor Campbell reminded me, you, uh, Mark, we have an unhealthy pulpit centricity when it comes to ministry. We have an unhealthy pulpit and 